Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome to the weekly Soccer Pub edition of Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, uh, about to be joined by Ian Joy, who played soccer all around the globe. We're going to talk about everything in the Premier League, uh, talk about Frank Lampard, Zazali being hired as the new coach of Chelsea, uh, and we'll jump into a lot of other stuff too, and then bring in Brad Thomas uh, and Drew Dinsick at the end to talk about our favorite bets of the weekend. But let's bring in Ian now and get straight into it. Ian, thanks for joining. It's soccer all around the world. Now you're doing the stoppage time pod with points bet. We'll get into that at the end. But I want to start off with Frank Lampard. Uh, it wasn't on my bingo card that he would be back at Chelsea, but he is. What do you make of the hire? Yeah, thanks for having me first and foremost. It's great to, to be with you guys. Thanks uh, for the invitation. Um, what a bizarre way, of course, to see Frank Lampard coming back. It was actually kind of weird to see him at the game the other day there in the stands, and it was the first sighting of Frank Lampard for a while. Everybody thinking, what is going on here? The uh, group chat started to heat up a little bit, and I do find it bizarre. It's a great choice of words right there. I mean, you must not forget that Frank is obviously a legend at Chelsea Football Club, and um, having coached there as well, he did have relatively decent success, and he was dealing with a lot while he was at the club as a manager. But his win percentage is actually not too bad at all. I think from the 84 games, I think it was, he was in charge of, he won half of them. And that's a pretty good return for someone who is such a young manager in their career. Um, and stepping into a club that you played for where you're clearly a legend for, it's never easy. And then with all the nonsense that's going on off the field at Chelsea Football Club, he had to deal with a lot. So the fact that he's come back now, I think everyone's thinking, what, what on earth? Why? Why now? It doesn't make any sense. But it does make sense if they can't get the man that they want. Todd Bowley and his team clearly have a plan. And um, that has been halted for a minute. I can't see Frank Lampard taking the job long term unless he has pretty good success between now and the end of the season. And then you can't deny him that chance. Yeah, well, speaking about the potential for that success, I think top four is almost certainly sailed on Chelsea. You can write your own ticket on that. It's 200 to one on points bet to make the top six, 25 to one. So a bit more in the realm, but right now they're 11th and they're coming from a long way back. But they're in the Champions League quarterfinals. got a tough draw uh, with Real Madrid and then having to play the winner of Bayern and Man City. But I guess what are you seeing from Chelsea on the pitch at the moment? It feels like they kind of are they're a very good uh, epitome of a Graham Potter team and that they create a lot of chances and just can't finish them. Um, do you expect that they'll finish the season pretty well and can they make any noise in the Champions League? Listen, I, I think it was very unfair for Graham Porter to, Potter to inherit this team and then all of a sudden expect to get immediate results. Obviously, it should have been better than what it was, but you're right. They have a great squad of players. 
They have talent clearly to get the job done and they just didn't get the job done. At what point do we start looking at the players and the fact that they let the coach down, they've let the club down, they haven't performed? And clearly the biggest issue for Chelsea Football Club has been scoring goals and of late defending a bit better, making themselves competitive in games, but scoring goals is a big problem for them. Now I worry about the players' happiness. Now you've got a coach coming back to the football club. I don't know what player relationships he had at the club. He certainly had preference of players who were starting for him, who I'm sure will be happy he's back there. But there's a bunch of players at that football club now who probably are not happy with the fact that Frank Lampard's returning. So to see what they can do between now and the end of the season is quite bizarre, as you mentioned. Still in uh, European competition, don't give them much chance because they're simply not scoring enough goals after what we witnessed from Real Madrid recently, especially in El Clasico and, uh, of course, in the Champions League. They're a team that you uh, have to be very worried about. Changes around the rest of the Champions League, including Bayern Munich, as you already mentioned, makes that tie even more competitive against Manchester City. So I don't give Chelsea much of a chance of getting through this tie, let alone going on and winning it. Um, but as far as their concentration towards the, the Premier League, they have to try and shoot for a European place. And Frank Lampard has been put in charge to try and make that happen. Champions League is a no-go. But I expect immediate reaction from Chelsea and expect them to start scoring goals. Why not? Yeah, I think they're such a strange team. To me, the defining Chelsea game was that first leg against Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League where they completely bossed the game and they looked amazing. Yeah. And they lost 1-0 um, because they just couldn't put it in the back of the net despite a raft of chances. Uh, I don't really know what's happened with uh, Aubameyang uh, and because it would seem that he would fit in pretty well so guys could just finish off all the chances. Uh, but it just seems like the, the ship has sailed on him. Uh, just hasn't worked out. So, yeah, really strange team, but they got a ton of talent. Uh, and, yeah, every week I don't think teams are going to look forward to playing Chelsea just because of the amount of chances that they create. Let's, uh, let's talk about maybe a, a less covered team, less heralded, even though... They're well up on Chelsea in the standings, and that's Newcastle, who just continue to go under the radar. Had a little bit of a lull, but now really picked it up. Um, they bossed Man United, and then they absolutely destroyed West Ham yesterday. Do you think that they are now rightfully heavy favourites to finish in the top four, or do you think they've got a wobble in them? No, listen, I think they've, they've had their wobble, as you mentioned there. They just had this little low, this little dip in form, which happens to every team in the season at some stage, but they weren't losing many games. They were drawing a few games and, of course, disappointed, didn't take many chances in big games. But I'm really big on Newcastle and big on them making the top four. Many people will probably not be because it's Newcastle. It's not a Chelsea. It's not a Tottenham. It's not a Man United. It's Newcastle. But let's not forget this is a completely different animal that Newcastle are now. With Eddie Howe in charge of this football club, they have a consistent coach who is clearly sought after by most clubs in the Premier League. They have finances behind them, which is mega finances, probably the richest club in the world now, which means that they can grow from where they're at. So if Eddie Howe manages to get this team, this group of players, into a Champions League position, it might be the best possible um, achievement I've ever seen in the Premier League for a long time outside of maybe Leicester winning the Champions League, uh, winning the Premier League. So... I'm favouring them heavily to get into the top four and lock that in. I think Manchester United will be the other team to lock in the top four. Sorry to all you Spurs fans out there and maybe the Brighton fans out there are hopeful to get in the top four. But I just see consistency being king right now for Newcastle Football Club. This season alone, if you look at what they're doing defensively, they are incredibly solid. Don't concede many goals. I mean, if you look at the 28 games that they've played so far, their plus goal difference already is 26 I mean, that is insane. They've let in only 20 goals in the campaign. I mean, that is how you basically win championships. 
but to Newcastle getting into the Champions League would be essentially winning a championship. So I'll be happy for them to make that happen. Yeah, I think they just they go under the radar because they don't have they're not as big of a name brand and their best players are like Miguel Almiron and Kieran Trippier instead of, you know, Harry Kane. Uh so Callum Wilson. Yeah, the great Callum Wilson, Alexander Isaac, yeah. Uh, so I think that they are severely underrated. And they've, they've just been a better team than Tottenham and Chelsea and Liverpool uh, pretty much all season at this point. Uh, you mentioned Brighton and also Spurs. They go head-to-head uh, this weekend. Uh, very even match here. Tottenham plus 160 on the money line. Brighton plus 165. Uh, it seems like Brighton certainly have a lot more team momentum than a Spurs team that's really scuffling. And obviously, they've moved on from Antonio Conte uh, in a divorce that seemed pretty preordained for a while, given that Conte has been uh, firing bullets uh, left, right and centre for a while. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Listen, it's a great game. Obviously, Brighton being in the form that they're in, I don't think they've lost in their last seven across all competitions. So it tells me that Brighton are the team that are in form and chasing that European place. Um, I love to see what De Zerbi has done at this football club. He's only had six defeats in the 21 games, I think it is, he's been in charge of this club. Let's not forget that. I mean, this is a new manager who came into the football club where so many people criticised the hiring. And what he has done at that football club has not only made them difficult to be beaten, He's made them successful going forward. They're scoring goals. They're easy to score goals with. Um, if you look at their goal scores in particular, though, they don't have that double-figure goal scorers, not that clear um, striker up there who's you know the 15-20 goal-a-season player. They spread the goals around the team, so it makes it much more difficult to compete against them. I'm really worried about Spurs right now in their position. They need a win. I think it'll be a much more difficult game for Brighton. So I can see a draw in this game. I probably would favour the draw. But if I'm going to favour one team or another to actually win this game, I'm going to look at Spurs because I can see them getting a rebound here. They need a proper performance. They need to get Harry Kane back in amongst the goals, obviously, consistently. He's the only one scoring goals when they're losing games. He's the only one scoring goals when they're drawing games. But now consistency is key for Tottenham if they're to have any chance of that top four. So out of the two teams, I would favour Tottenham to win this game and also to be the one who finishes higher in the table. Yep, certainly they've got more talent and you would think that they will get a little bit of a bounce now that the Conte heroes are mercifully over. Uh, let's close out with the big one, um, although maybe Liverpool don't warrant being in a big one at the moment with how they're playing, but they host Arsenal on Sunday, 11.30am, kickoff Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Uh, Arsenal are favourites in this one, which uh, before the season would have seemed absolutely absurd that Arsenal would be favoured over a pretty healthy Liverpool team at Anfield. But Liverpool are plus 175, Arsenal plus 135 on the three-way money line. The draw is plus 260. Uh, is there any hope for Liverpool turning their season around? Because they look like a pretty broken team at the moment. Yeah, it's a mess, isn't it, really? And you mentioned it there. You could never have imagined that this would be the way with the, the odds looking in favour of an away side or even Arsenal against a Liverpool side. Um, it's a tough game for Liverpool Football Club, obviously, with the situation they're in right now. Liverpool being um, a team that's making changes, Klopp trying to find his way, and it's this, this mystery right now about Liverpool Football Club. I can't quite figure out what exactly it is. I don't see them having any chance of stopping the Arsenal train right now. I can see them maybe picking up a draw 
but I don't see them stopping Arsenal from scoring a goal or two. That's where my concern is. Liverpool are far too easy to score goals against, except for against Chelsea, which apparently no no seems to be the favourable result there over the past four games they've played. But I think Arsenal are a different animal. When confidence comes in, it's king. And I think that the way Arsenal are playing right now doesn't help uh, Liverpool Football Club. So I can see a defeat for Liverpool at home in this game. That's where I'm leaning towards. Um, but I think Liverpool right now are just a bit of a mess, as you mentioned there. Can't understand it. With Klopp in this seventh year, this eighth year, it gets to that seventh year period and things start to go wrong at the football club he's had. I've covered him extensively in the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund. Um, and I just... I'm worried for him. I'm intrigued to see what, how he's reacting, making all those changes against Chelsea. Obviously, worked to get a draw, but I just I'm not enjoying watching Liverpool Football Club now, and I can't imagine Liverpool, Liverpool fans are either. Yeah, and to me, maybe the most baffling and unimpressive performance of the whole season from any club was what Liverpool did at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League, where you go two 0 up. You got everything going your way, and then to ship five to a Madrid team that's kind of hasn't been the Madrid team of last year, where they've struggled. They're they're not going to win uh, La Liga, and then to just look like you've got no idea whatsoever how to change things around, and their midfield is just uh, just not in a good place at the moment. And now you get Martin Odegaard and Co coming in. Uh, it seems like a bad spot for the Reds, but we'll see. They still got a lot of talent. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're working on a new Premier League show with Points Bet. Can you tell people uh, about that and also where to follow you? Yeah, listen, Points Bet have been a great partner for me, obviously being with them since before the World Cup. We launched Stoppage Time, which happened just before the World Cup with my co-host, John Buckets Eimer. And uh, yeah, we look to drop uh, two to three episodes a week for everybody out there who's looking to play some wagers on football around Europe. We try to go to some interesting markets. We'll hit some of the Turkish leagues. We'll try to get into the Eastern European leagues. And we'll not necessarily just focus on the top five leagues. But when it comes to the Premier League and the Champions League, we're pretty heavily involved there. And uh, it's been a tremendous success so early on. So I can't thank uh, Points Bet enough. And I can't thank, uh, obviously, my partners there for helping us launch Stoppage Time. It's been a great success so far. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for joining in. And make sure everyone to check out Stoppage Time podcast. Uh, and thanks again. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much. It's time to get your swagger back with Points Bet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where Points Bet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. Points Bet, it's your move. New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, 
Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867 in Louisiana. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. All right, before we bring in Drew Dinsick and Brad Thomas, a reminder to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right, let's bring in the soccer men. Brad Thomas, <laughs> Drew Dinsick, lads, good to see you. Let me tell you, it's good to be talking Brighton instead of uh, Joel Embiid or whatever, or, uh, <laughs> or Rory McIlroy. It's good to uh, talk about the continent. Uh, let's start with you, Brad. Best bet of the weekend in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm going to Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest, and I'm taking Villa first half team total over half a goal. It was a mouthful, but listen, the villains have been playing great inspired football, and I've come on the show, and I've even said that they're due regression. But it's not on the offensive side of the ball. In five straight matches, they scored in the first half. And most of that has come from Ollie Watkins. It looks like Unai Emery has gotten the most out of Watkins. He's playing like a man possessed. He scored or assisted in eight out of nine games they played. And they're playing against a Forest team who in four out of six have conceded a goal in the first half. And also just had a double match week where they rolled out the same starting eleven. No way they're going to be able to roll at that same starting 11. And if they do, they're going to have tired legs. So the bet is Aston Villa, first half team total, over half a goal. Yeah, I like it. Villa, hottest team uh, in the league. <laughs> Emery couldn't do anything uh, with my beloved Arsenal when he was there, but thanks for found his spot. Uh, with the villains, picking uh, <laughs> up villains, Drew Dinsick. Uh, I know. Yeah, from the hottest team in the PL to the coldest uh, soccer handicapper on the internet. Uh, okay, so... I'm trying. I'm due. I'm trying to snap. Uh, snap due. this cold spell, and I'm. I'm going a little outside the box here. This is not an especially popular one. This is. I'm not laying the juice just to get a win here. I'm actually going somewhat. Uh, uh, you know, difficult. I'm going to try to snap a trend that has not been um, seen going back to the 20, 2006 2007 season with Crystal Palace getting a win at Leeds. Uh, now. 
why would I back Crystal Palace all on the road? This seems insane. Leeds has been good at home, you know, and, you know, per, you know in particular, uh, you know, they've gotten themselves out of relegation trouble. They're kind of in the middle of the table now. Well, it's still a very fine margin. We really don't know who is ultimately going to get relegated. There is a, lo- a huge danger zone in the bottom half of the table right now. And this is a really important game. I love, love, love what I've seen tactically uh, from Roy Hodgson in the handful of games we've gotten so far. The offense is clicking. Uh, he has a couple of super subs to go to. Uh, all of this on top of the fact that Leeds, I think, is starting to get a little bit overrated by the market. Uh, I still make Leeds a bottom five team in the Premier League with their true talent. Um, they've kind of gotten through with some pretty inspired results and, you know, just the in general, the injection of, uh, you know, a different set of tactics really kind of helped carry them through the, you know, the middle portion of the season. But um, I think if this, you know, if this market, if this game were happening, uh, you know, in the vacuum, instead of people kind of believing in leads all of a sudden, I think you'd see this as a much, much closer uh, line match. I'm going to take Crystal Palace, draw no bet at plus 150. I think this should be closer to pick them. Uh, and I, uh, in general, just hoping that the, the Roy, Hodgkin, Roy, Roy Hodgkin's uh, uh, tactics come through uh, with a couple of early goals, put some pressure on leads and see if you can get them on their heels. Okay, I love it. There's nothing gets me more fired up than Drew Dinsick talking <laughs> friendly, especially when he's talking <laughs> Crystal Palace and the great Roy Hodgson. Uh, I love it. All right, my best bet. Uh, firstly, if it's a bet for the weekend, my gut feel is Arsenal draw no bet against Liverpool. I'm not sure. Mm. It's difficult to price in uh, a team just collapsing, which I think Liverpool have. And obviously the market has adjusted to that, having Arsenal uh, shorter than Liverpool to win. But I do think that... Uh, I do think Arsenal are the clearly superior team, uh, and I think there are some games where they may slip up the rest of the way, but I strangely don't think Liverpool and Anfield is going to be one of them. They're not that uh, scary at the moment, though famous last words. My best bet, though, at the moment, uh, a less liquid market uh, than Premier League draw no bet, is uh, Brighton to finish in the top four, plus 600. Uh, if you look at 538, they've got this closer to plus 350. I think the Brighton, the fact that they are basically uh, neck and neck in the money line three-way odds with Tottenham, despite being on the road, that's the market saying the Brighton are better than Tottenham. You look at their expected goal differential on the season, expected points per game. Brighton are the third best team in the Premier League. And I think that Man United all season have been uh, a little overrated, overachieving a little bit. I think they got exposed by Newcastle as well. Whenever Casemiro is out of the team, they just go to pieces. So I think that I think your top four is going to be Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, and Brighton. I think Brighton are going to pip Man United for fourth, uh, and certainly a plus six hundred. Uh, I like the price there. So yeah, give me uh, give me Brighton to finish in the top four. All right, there we go. That wraps it up. So we got Crystal Palace, we got Aston Villa, and we got Brighton. Good to skew away from the big names for once. Let's uh, let's get them all home. All right, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thank you to you, Brad Thomas, you, Drew Dinsick, and Ian Joy for talking some Premier League. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with Bet the Edge.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.